Today, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to visit with Doug Kelly. He is the CEO of the American Edge Project. And uh, first of all, uh, Doug, I appreciate you taking time visiting with us. Hey, thanks, Jim. Great to be here. I know that uh, we had a chance earlier in the year to talk. Uh, We did talk about uh, some of the things that were going on, some of the things the Edge Project was looking at, especially when it uh, comes to what was happening in Washington and uh, some of the direction that uh, Congress was looking at at that time. Uh, I know that uh, while we've gone through the election process right now, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens after this, uh, what uh, we've had a lot of different things that have happened here in the in the uh, through the summer. We've had the war in Ukraine keeps going Uh, again. That had just been getting started when we first visited. Things like that. Uh, We're seeing uh, a, a greater demand on technology and innovation. That's exactly right. Uh, So my organization, the American Edge Project, we are advocates uh, for America being number one in technological innovation. Uh, And we always have been, but China is making significant investments to try and bypass America for technology leadership. And uh, I'll be honest with you, Jim, uh, technology isn't just another sector. It's the very backbone of our national security, of our economic prosperity, and of advancing our values. And China knows that. And that's why they're pushing so hard to dethrone us in this area, because they know it'll help them geopolitically. I know that, uh, you know, when we talk, uh, you know, technology, a lot of people are thinking it just, uh, oh, what's happening with my smartphone or, you know, uh, different uh, computer programs, things like that. But it is so much more. Uh, and again, we've, we've touched on it before. Uh, it's, it's part of our lives. It's our everyday lives. And it, it's becoming more so. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, you know, if you think of uh, America's technology industry, it's kind of like an iceberg. There's a lot of stuff that you see above the surface, and that's your daily activities using the platforms to connect with your friends and family across the country or do shopping or other things like that. But kind of beneath that waterline, America's leading technology companies, they're investing hundreds of billions of dollars in the technologies that are going to determine which country leads the future. These are things like artificial intelligence, quantum computing, 5 and 6G, and these are really powerful technologies. And like I said at the start of this, China is investing more than a trillion dollars in those same areas to try and beat us. And so it really matters which country builds the future. And one question that we have as a country, we have to ask is, look, are we going to support our tech companies in this competition with China, or are we going to have regulations from Washington kind of handcuff our innovators and hand China a permanent edge? And uh, I know my position on this, Jim, that's a dangerous thing to do, because once you hand over an edge, and whether it's manufacturing or technology, whichever, you don't get it back, yeah. and it puts you at a competitive disadvantage for decades to come. So rather than passing bills that would hurt U.S. technology innovation, Congress needs to do things that accelerate American innovation. And just so listeners understand, folks, if you think American Edge Project, uh, I'm going to say, obviously, uh, support and uh, really got a lot of support through technology businesses and stuff. But it is it is much more than that because you have a lot of the uh, former uh, political, politically affiliated groups, both sides of the aisle, that feel this is really important mm-hmm. for us. Yeah, we're a, 
you know, a nonpartisan group, but we have, you know, board members and advisors who have been on both sides of the partisan spectrum. We also have a lot of small businesses who are part of our effort. And really, at the end of the day, um, you know, there's more than 33 million small businesses across the country, and they employ half of the people in the country. Right in Iowa, it's 273,000 small businesses. And virtually all of these businesses depend on America's technology tools to find new customers, to ship their products, to uh, make sure they're able to find new markets outside of their local geography. And so some of the bills in Washington will hamstring those tools. And so it'll raise prices for businesses. One analysis, uh, Jim found that uh, if these bills pass, uh, it would cost small businesses $500 billion in just the first five years. That's about a 5% hit on their sales. And when you think about these businesses that went through the pandemic, they went through record high inflation, and now they're gonna put in effect a 5% tax on small businesses. That's, that's not how we remain competitive. And so when I talk about the importance of technology, it literally is the backbone of everything we do in this country. When uh, we are, well, uh, let's talk a little bit about what's uh, on the table in Washington, because I know uh, we're going to end up back there. Obviously, we're going to have uh, a split. Uh, we know it's going to be in Congress, sometimes not the most productive thing in the world when that happens. Uh, what are, what can we uh, see being worked on? What, uh, again, really would the American Edge Project really be campaigning for? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll tell you what we're against were against bills that would hurt America's ability to innovate. So those are things like some of the antitrust bills that we've talked about. There's mm-hmm. bills also to break up some of our biggest technology companies, to limit the lines of business that they can be in, and also to limit any type of mergers or acquisitions that they can do. And the danger of government interfering in that private sector technology activity is you, you just don't know what the painful unintended consequences are going to be. So I'll give you one example. So um, Meta, most people know it as Facebook. Um, So Meta does a lot of work with artificial intelligence. And just the other day they released a, and and look, I I, be honest with you, I I barely understand this because I'm not a biochemist, right? But they released a 600, uh, the largest database in the world of proteins and the way that they've opened it up to scientists for free so that scientists can tap into the artificial intelligence and these new protein structures so they can better understand how to fix diseases faster, how to make the environment safer. Like these are all byproducts of what these companies are doing in their daily businesses. And so if we said, hey, Facebook, you you can only focus on, you know, social networking, you can't do anything with these other areas. We don't know what we're missing. And a similar thing for other large tech companies who are investing in quantum computing or five and six G super connectivity. So Washington's got to take a very light touch with this because we don't want to repeat the mistake that we made when we let China into the World Trade Organization mm-hmm. and export a lot of our manufacturing jobs overseas. Well, that's in uh, one of the things uh, mentioned at uh, beginning uh, when we were prepping is uh, really with Z uh, becoming, uh, well, pretty much leader for life now after uh, going through, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, and we know he is very familiar. He's been, he spent time in Iowa. We know that he's very familiar. Uh, and I mean, 
that's just one of the many things that he had done. He spent a lot of time here, uh, oh gosh, early on. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think uh, Terry Branstead was our governor way back mm-hmm. then at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, they had a good, uh, a, a working relationship. He knows what he is uh, pursuing. He knows what he wants to go after, and he knows what will make them leaders. That's exactly right. Um, and the number one thing that is he's building his strategy around is increasing China's ability to innovate so they can become the number one technological leader in the world. And they've invested literally more than a trillion dollars in the technologies of the future. Now, it's great that they're building their capabilities like that, but at the same time, they also intentionally steal about $500 billion of technology from the U.S. each year, and that affects about one in four, one of every four businesses. And so it's, it's kind of by hook and by crook um, in this way that's trying to take our edge. So we want to make sure that Congress doesn't do anything that supports China's goal of making the rest of the world more dependent on their technology. Because if we're dependent on the technology, as we saw during the pandemic mm-hmm. pandemic with supply chains, that's a, a leverage point that they can use against us. Um, and so we want to make sure that we're making things in the United States that are of strategic importance. Mm-hmm. So things like semiconductors sure. and other types of heavy manufacturing that really matter uh, for our ability to maintain our global muscle and global economic competitiveness. We want to make sure we're making the investments in those areas and the Congress is focusing on those things first. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, we know that they've got this uh, bills, they've got multiple bills out both sides and, and uh, again, trying to bring that business back, get that business back. We do have a lot of that business here, but we want to maintain what we have and, and secure what we have. Yeah, so I think Iowa is a great example. So I'm in Columbus, Ohio, right? So we're the test market of the world, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I think Iowa is uh, kind of a similar, a similar innovation leader, right? Uh, your, your leadership in agriculture, uh, the investments that uh, you've made there in artificial intelligence to increase crop yields, like that's yeah. transformational technology, because instead of treating the field just in the field, you're treating individual plants with very specific type of treatments, better for the environment, it increases yield, it increases profitability. So the question is, do we want American companies to develop that and then sell that to the rest of the world so we reap the economic gains, or do we want to let China develop that first and then sell it to us? (laughs) It's a no-brainer, right? We want to develop. We've always led, and we need to develop it and, and sell it to the rest of the world. It's, uh, again, it's an ongoing challenge uh, as we go forward, and I know a lot of people will continue to pay attention. Most people, when they think technology, they'll think of the computer and and a couple of other things like that, but it is so much more, so much. uh, Well, we saw it with the uh, development of some of these uh, vaccines for uh, viruses. Uh, Mm -hmm. Again, the the technology that went into that, that's, that's how we got there was the technology, and that's why they can do it so rapidly. Yeah, and, and look, I get it. There, some some elected officials are frustrated with tech companies because, uh, you know, they, they feel like they censor certain voices or, you know, they don't uh, restrict enough content or there's some misinformation out there. I got that. There's always pain points where new and emerging technologies hit society and political interest. Uh, but 
there's ways that those things can be addressed in a smart, productive way that doesn't undermine our ability to be innovation leaders in the globe. And unfortunately, what they're talking about doing in VC right now is not is not the right direction. Mm-hmm. It, it's fundamentally the wrong direction that would undermine their ability to innovate. It's like uh, they they <clears throat> well. Do you want to? Yeah, they're looking at the small a small portion, a small aspect of what a much bigger picture, and right, what they do exactly. could could affect that big picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, you know, one of the things, too, because leading up to this, and we are seeing it, I'm seeing it a lot, you know, because I watch uh, uh, what's going on in some of the schools, even at uh, in, in the public schools and stuff, the amount of things that uh, uh, young people are working on that are tech-related, a lot of, you know, we're getting into coding so early, so young and stuff. We have... We have the resources, uh, again, the people that will be building and taking advantage of these opportunities. And, uh, again, you kind of don't want to shut them off before they get there. That's exactly right. I mean, look, I've worked in Iowa for a while, and I'm from a a small town in Michigan. And one of the things that has always been a challenge for communities there is brain drain, right? The young kids end up leaving, and they want to move out because they don't feel there's opportunities there, right? But when you talk about the coding camps that are happening there and the different levels of technology that kids are doing, when you combine that with remote work that, that many of the tech companies are now hiring, you can have an amazing young programmer, um, you know, in Waterloo, Iowa, or, or whichever part of the state, and they don't have to leave. They can be part of a large technology enterprise or helping develop new applications that are really profitable and really exciting and they're attracting uh, more talent to that community as opposed to exporting out to just the East Coast or the West Coast. So it's a really exciting time for people in small communities all across the country because innovation started to be unleashed no longer just on the coast, but all across the country. And that's just great for communities and great for kids' opportunities. Again, our guest on the program today, Doug Kelly, uh, CEO with American Edge Project, and uh, we're talking about uh, technology, and actually, uh, innovation is probably as good a thing as any, but the impacts that this has, uh, again, on our national security and uh, also on uh, individual freedoms, too. Uh, The economy, again, you touched on that. It is just amazing and absolutely amazing. how how big of an impact it has again like you said for small businesses a lot of people don't realize it but uh, it is a lot of that what's driving a lot of our success nowadays and uh, continuing to drive our success yeah you know that's a great point you make there um so when we had the pandemic right yeah. um many small businesses had to shut down um at the start right everybody was kind of shutting it down um, but many of them turned to online tools then that, you know, America's technology companies had built to find new customers, to figure out new ways to kind of re-pivoting their businesses. Um, and there's a couple of really powerful stats out there, one of which is that, you know, had these businesses not turned to that digital safety net, uh, 11 million small businesses would have had to close all or part of their business. That's 37% of our small businesses would have had to shut down if they didn't have these tech tools. Um, and now the businesses are using them even more because they realize, wow, these are, these are incredibly profitable 
tools for my business at a relatively low cost. And so we can't have Congress start to monkey around with these things because there's going to be unintended consequences that are real, that are quantifiable, and that are painful. And especially coming off this last year of record high inflation, we need to do things that reduce prices now and not do things that either restrict availability of tech tools or increase the price of these tools. I was going to say, yes, the demand of people using technology has put more of a demand on innovation because they're always looking for new and improved ways of uh, dealing with their, with their customers. Yeah, I mean, so like I, I'm, I'm 57, right? So <laughs> I'm, in the, I'm in the time before we had the Internet. Um, but the idea that you can just go online now and you're looking and interested in the product and there's 8,000 reviews of people who've ranked it between one and five. You know you know what type of quality product you're getting. You know what their average delivery time is, right? You know what people have said good and bad about it. So it helps create a more informed consumer. It helps give you better selection at lower and, and more cost-effective prices. And it allows you to shop many more local businesses, even though you may not live in that community, right? There's a cheese shop in my hometown of uh, Michigan that my wife, we went there one time, she loves, we just keep buying stuff online from them rather than having to drive the, you know, four hours to go get that. And so these tech tools have really opened up an incredible amount of new opportunity for small businesses and also consumers all across the country. So going forward, the big thing we want uh, listeners to to remember is, uh, again, uh, American Edge Project is supporting, uh, again, allowing our technology to remain innovative. Watch what's happening in Washington. Uh, again, you're going to hear some, we need this to control technology. We need this or to control some of the companies. Uh, and then you're going to have the, on the other side, what kind of impact is that going to have? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the issue is what kind of impact is that going to have on our innovation and on our security? That's exactly right, Jim. And, and I would urge your listeners, to, you know, look, we're in the lame duck session now of Congress, and bad things can happen in the lame duck session. Um, so I would urge them to call their two U.S. senators and say, hey, you know, uh, I really care about America being number one in technology and innovation. And so please don't pass anything that hurts our ability to innovate and hands China uh, an undeserved advantage when it comes to technology and but, you know, D.C. may be a long way away uh, from your callers, but they'll listen. They'll be responsive. But it's really important that they hear from your listeners, um, both in D.C. and also at your local, their local Make field sure. offices as well. In Iowa. Make sure that uh, you, you let them know what your thoughts are about this, too. So, and, Doug, and if you're a small business, too, benefited yeah. from these tools, tell your story. Tell like, there's nothing more powerful than that. Let them know. Doug, I do appreciate you taking time visiting with us. Uh, uh, once again, uh, American Edge Project. Uh, people can look it up online if they want to find out more. There's a lot of open information that is available there. And uh, I know you'd certainly uh, uh, like to have uh, people spread the word, again, about uh, staying secure. And we know that China's after it, so if we, we're going to have to compete. And That's right. As long as we're yeah. in the lead, let's stay there. That's exactly right. Like, <laughs> You know, it's, it's like any sports, right? If you're ahead going in the fourth quarter, keep the lead. Don't play soft. Keep there, going. There we go. <laughs> Doug, thanks so much for visiting with us. I do appreciate it and uh, look forward to visiting with you again. Hey, Jim, thanks so much. I look forward to talking to you soon.